Follow us on Twitter at World Talk Radio. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's World Talk Radio. The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. To the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. What you hear in the next hour could very well save your life. Now, here's your host, Sharon Kleina. I want to invite you to listen to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Power of Water, and your life on this planet. You know, the planet Earth, you're living with it, and we're all a guest here learning how to live with it every day. But without the water, there is no life. And I would call water ageless because it's been around for millions and millions of years trying to teach us that nature, the power of life, is, comes from the water. I'm also the founder of Biologic Aqua Research, which is our sponsor. But all the research has been showing me and, and analysts of scientists from all over the world, without the water, there is no life. But you begin in water. Everything begins in water. And when the moment you entered in the air you breathe, you begin a dehydration process. I call it dehydration diseases and complaints and symptoms. We learn a lot about, on this show, much more theory, much more evaluations to analyze. You, the listener, are listening to like a little coming into our laboratory to learn. We have had, in the four years I've been on the air, 370 unbelievable guests, and I call them world-classic celebrity guests because they make the future of this show beyond all imagination a potential life-saving show because it teaches us to listen, teaches us to evaluate in theory, and learn more about how to analyze. Don't just take for granted this is the only way. There's a lot of directions to go with nature before you go to the medicine cabinet. A lot of directions to go with water that are vital to our lifestyle and what we need to learn to do in our everyday life to save a life and pay it forward. Today we have very exciting guests. I'm really excited about. That sound funny. I'm very excited about Duffy and Elizabeth Healy. They are the founders and owners of Healy Publishing and authors of Sea Voices. They live in San Clemente, California, and they have a new book out, but they have others. The book called Sea Voices. You're going to be very interested in this because we're going to go to the bottom of the ocean and learn more about what's going on with the life there that they're fascinated with. But we're going to learn what can we do to also participate in that. Our second guest is Marcella um, Kleiner. She's the author of Meet Einstein. Her book is to meet Einstein about the children of the world, learning more about theories and analysis. I found Einstein to be an exciting study of mine so far back because there's, there's a, a relativity to our lives. There is no such thing as a straight arrow. We have to be flexible. We have to learn to use theory and analyze. Don't be so judgmental. Don't go extreme. 
Think about what's in the middle. That's our ecosystem. We're going to listen to our sponsor Bio, with Biologic Aqua Research Center, and we'll be right back with Duffy and Elizabeth Healy. Listen. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. You're listening to the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to Sharon Hour at Yahoo.com. That's Sharon Hour at Yahoo.com. Now back to the program. Elizabeth and Duffy, are you with us? Yes, we are. Hello. Thank you f- Hello. How, how, thank you for joining us today. Uh, it's a pleasure. Yeah, happy Earth Day. Yeah, well, happy Earth Day, and um, it is exciting. We've had on our show um, Robert Wise, who's the author of Earth Day, several times, uh, the Earth Day uh, book, and was friends with John McConnell. That's incredible. We have um, several good friends that are really good friends with John McConnell, too. He's okay. Well, wonderful. you know the story about what happened there with the United Nations, and then all of a sudden our politicians decided they wanted to switch it. And uh, I'm I'm going to go the way the United Nations and John McConnell wanted to go on that day. Exactly. So I'm telling the world I, to leave the politicians behind, and I'm going to go with the way they decided to do it on the equinox. That's right. Um, tell me about both of you, um, and I and you two know how to uh, rhythm each other with who's going to do what. But tell us how this started with you two being uh, fascinated with the ocean. Well. Um, Duffy grew up in Brooklyn, New York, and moved to La Jolla um, in in high school and uh, started surfing and swam a lot as a kid in the bay in Rockaway Beach. Mm-hmm. And I grew up in Laguna Beach, California, um, so we're both very, very connected to the ocean always, um, swimming mm-hmm. in the ocean and surfing. And uh-huh. you know, uh, we have two small children right now that are eight and six, and just over the time, over our lifetimes, we're only in our 40s, We've just noticed every decade you can tell the difference in, in, in the way the ocean is changing, the lack of seashells, the lack of fish, the water gets dirtier, mm-hmm. and we just decided we didn't want to sit around and, and, and watch this happen and just say, oh, well, and we decided we wanted to write a book about it because it's, you know, it's not too late to have hope, and, and there's things that people could do on an everyday basis to help save the ocean and save the environment. And well, Elizabeth, you are right. In fact, uh, Duffy, uh, um, being coming from the, uh, New York and near the Hudson River and, and that the, uh, all that you saw there and then coming out to the west, 
both of you are right. And I started, when I started this show years ago, I had already been in water research forever, for a long time, and I, but I took it another direction because of dehydration disease and the human life of it, but, of, of dehydration diseases and symptoms. But I called the show The Power of Water because I wanted the world to eventually, I wanted to grow up, I want the show to go big someday and understand to the world, without the water, there is no life, and the water must be protected, and it's vital. And it's life and death of the planet. And now we've had scientists from all over the world on here. And I've often said this, both of you, that what if we pretend like we step away from Earth and we're looking at Earth from the outside, looking at Earth. Earth has the water in the universe, the known water. We have an obligation to protect that water for the whole universe, let alone just Earth. So there's more behind you saying you can do it, both of you. You will do it. And it becomes contagiously vulnerable that your heart is in it, your passion's in it, but you've been able to vulnerably bring two people to you. I've read about you. And before we go on today and I start asking my questions, you both will be very surprised. I am so surprised about this. Um, last Saturday, I knew you were going to be on, but I hadn't, I hadn't studied enough about you yet. And on Saturday evening, I'm surfing. Um, I, I use the TV sets uh, sometimes to surf and look for something fascinating to have some extra little therapy. I ran into the documentary, The Ocean. Have either one of you seen it? Um, wh- it's, which it's, one? It's a documentary okay. called The Ocean, and uh, the uh, person behind it is Pierce Brosman. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it is unbelievable. And here I'm talking to you two today about this. Yeah, and Pierce Brosnan is also in the Sea Voices book, along with his wife Keely. Oh my gosh, I saw that! I saw it for the first time, and and uh, you two are going to. I'm the craziest human being. I've been in research for a long time. I've always said to the world, I have to study. I'm a study nerd. I bring the people to the world to study with me, and from whoever, I'm not shy. All of a sudden, Saturday evening, I'm watching this for the first time. And I'm going, and I, I didn't realize, I knew you were going to be on, but I thought it was a children's book and, and hadn't studied into you enough until yesterday. And then all of a sudden, I'm looking at this, my gosh, we're going to be able to, and I had just seen the documentary, The Oceans. And after it was all over, I had tears come down over my eyes about yeah. it. And then this, I started studying about you two, and I'm going, oh my gosh, we get to discuss it out loud. Um, so fresh and I want to get that documentary but let's go now tell us the world pretend like this is your laboratory and we have scientists from all over the world listen to this for fun we have people I've had Philippe Gaston on here by the way is he in your book Philippe has been um, on here we we have Fabian Cousteau in the book and Alexandra Cousteau in the book which um, she talks specifically about the importance of water and you you may be familiar with that summit on the summit which she climbed Kilimanjaro in the name of clean water. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we believe in the future. You know, the future wars will be fought, not over oil, not over money, not over gold, over water. water. They are being fought. Elizabeth, this is where I come from, and I'll let you two take the the classroom as a professor in the lab here. But, Elizabeth, what do you think has been happening over there in those sand dunes in the far east? And the sand. It's water wars. They're terrified. They're frightened to death forever. They don't have the water. Oil is yeah. not going to feed them. 
and uh, if, and and the thing about it is, is the fright and 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 the concerns of of the different tribes of new that if they don't start fighting and take control of everyone, they're not going to have the water to go to other continents of the world to have water. So there's been water war. There's water war here in the United States. I've had the heads of your watersheds through many states here in the United States. There's concern. California and Colorado cannot keep doing this forever. Yeah, so wait. there's. Uh, but tell us about the ocean. Um, I I saw on the documentary the most beautiful, beautiful life on Earth of of the. Um, like a mermaid living um, below the ocean. So tell us about what you've been learning. Well, um, well, we're not we're not scientists. We're more um, promoters and um, observers. Yeah, like we like delivering the message. So that's why when we put the Good. book together, we didn't want a book full of um, oceanographers and scientists yeah. kind of preaching to the choir, so to speak. Exactly. Good for you. So what we thought was is if you you can grab all the demographics from kids to surfers to teenagers to um, different age groups and you you, you, you you put someone talking about these issues, then they'll like be attracted to listening to them. And a classic example is, um, I use this one a lot, but my brother's a surfer. Has Obviously everyone cares for the ocean and the planet, but it's so easy to look the other way and not, you know, be active. So... I told him I was doing this book for over a year, and he never really had interest in it. And then, like, halfway through the process, he was over at my house, and he saw a picture of um, 10-time world champion Kelly Slater in there. And then instantly, he was so attracted to the book and wanted to be more involved, and, and it was kind of nice to see how it works. And that's what's cool about this book. And, and um, we just like delivering the message, and, and, uh, but we were... We, we know a little about everything, just enough to talk about and hold conversation. Yes, yes, yes. And you know your, your, your heart is in it, and that's the most important part. You're not doing it for, uh, you're wanting to, you want to be a messenger. Now, tell us about, now I've, uh, with the documentary, The Oceans, um, uh, I'm going to put it on my site after this show is over, how they can go look for that also besides your book. But uh, uh, I could. I was shocked at the beauty and the the amazing what was there. I mean, I had no idea. I had never seen a film like that in my life. Now, but you're after the concerns of the water and the pollution in the water, and and you're after as much of that as you are thinking about what's living in it. Am I right or wrong? Well, yeah. I mean, we there. There's so many concerns, like. We we have concerns, obviously, about you know the the ocean creatures from the the sharks and they're sh- killing from fifty to ninety million sharks a year and shark finning simply for their fins and then you know they're killing whales even though it's been outlawed you know and they're finding loopholes in the law to get around it in the name of research and they still go out and kill them and and we're concerned about the creatures in the ocean but we're concerned about. Um, the overall health of the ocean, clearly pollution is, is huge right. and, the, and the plastic pollution that's going in there because of the toxins from the plastics that never really um, biodegrade. They just break down into, you know, millions of little pieces and then the fish, little fish ingest the, the plastics and then the bigger fish and, and it goes on up the food chain all the way till it gets to human health. Right. And then there's other major problems like 
our biggest concern is, you know, overfishing, two, you know, almost 2 billion people on the planet depend on fish as their primary source of sustenance. And mm -hmm. if we overfish areas to the point where there's no fish, then it creates a whole chain of um, reaction, which um, people in the book like Ted Danson talks about, where you have, then you have, you know, migration problems of people. They have to move from one area to the next to go to the ocean to fish so they can feed their families. And then you, it, mm -hmm. it, it turns into, you know, immigration problems, which turn into, you know, defense problems for the world. And that's part of it. And then um, ocean acidification because of all the carbon that we're emitting into the atmosphere mm -hmm. and coming down, whether, you know, you're a climate change believer or not, you know, ocean acidification caused by too much carbon in the ocean, it's, um, it's killing our oceans. And uh, mm -hmm. that is something that we as humans uh, directly caused, and we can fix it. Yes, we can fix it. In fact, you know, uh, it, I've had organic farmers, that uh, uh, 4,000 acres. I've had, from all over the world, uh, people on here. I've had uh, the head of the water research in Holland. We've been in Holland and Kenya. We went to the conservatory with one of our shows in Kenya. I could go on. Uh, we've been in Ethiopia with the United Nations, uh, I mean with Geogra National Geographic on one part of it. And when you stop and think about life on the earth, everything is alive, Elizabeth. Water is living. Soil is living. Yeah. And, I mean, um, and even in the developed nations like China, um, you know, one quarter, they say, of their water is polluted and not drinkable. This isn't is. somewhere in the Sahara. In I mean, fact, they even have a river. If you jump in, you can commit suicide, honestly, it, and there's people it, doing it. And that it. all leads every stream, yeah. every river, every underground stream. Like people think, oh, when mm -hmm. they, you know, the, the, the three R's, for instance, it's, mm -hmm. you know, re reduce, reuse, recycle, but refuse first these single-use plastics, and then they don't think, oh, well, you just put it in a landfill, big, big deal. But then all that toxic substance ends up underground in a stream somewhere, underground water stream, and that eventually leads to the ocean. So we are all connected. Just because, you know, you live a 1,000 miles inland, nowhere near the ocean, it's exactly. all interconnected. But you know where I believe um, the STEM is, though, to start? I mean, because I always look at people, the word adult. <laughs> I mean, I'm 69 years old, both of you, and I've been at studying for a long time, and I always say to the world, I am not smart. I have so much to learn, and I like to bring smart people into my life that we all learn to be smarter together, but what we have to learn is these, the children of our world. Did you both know that 5,000 children are dying a day because no, they don't have water? Yes. And the awesome. mothers are carrying this water um, a jug of, uh, to go get water every day, and the women are used to go support the family with the source of water every day with broken backs and, and ankles and arms and so on. And the children don't get to go to school because they're helping. And, but we have 5,000 children dying a day because of dehydration diseases, and we have dehydration diseases because we're born from water, and we are water. And so your focus is right on now. Irvine is in the book, too, and he's a water expert, and he held a summit at UC Irvine last year with um, people from 52 um, nations from South America to the um, United Arab Emirates to all over the world, uh, just specifically on water, and he talks about water and, and population in the book also. 
Yes, and we've been studying that in dehydration diseases. Uh, my, the company I, I'm founder of is the first company in the world to just study the methods of what's happening all naturally, not going into the medical side of it yet. But we do work with the medical field. But back to today, where we're at with the ocean and its, clin- and its pollution, what are some of the things you two are doing to reach out to people to get them to join you on the concerns of life in the ocean must be protected forever? Now, I don't mean, I mean for eternity. Uh, what are you doing? Well, uh, we have a, a Facebook page, you know, Facebook, Sea Voices Facebook page, and we put up critical articles every single day from everything from the nuclear crisis at Fukushima mm-hmm to, you know, the fish dying off here in California, to problems, oil spills that happen in the Great Barrier Reef, um, to Mexico. It's a a global, we have people from 98 different countries Mm -hmm. on our Facebook page. We reach out there every day, and we have a Team Sea Voices Twitter account, and then Mm -hmm. we go and we talk to children, and we do beach cleanups, and, Mm -hmm. you know, we encourage people all the time to sign petitions and make calls mm-hmm. to your politicians, and, mm-hmm. and those are even more vital than just signing online petitions. But anybody can do anything, and, and, and saying I don't have time to do it or the problem's too big is not really a great excuse because mm-hmm. everybody can make a difference right oh my. from your own couch. Yes, in fact, uh, I don't know. Uh, personally, I'd stay away from the politicians on it, and I'll tell you where my theory comes from. They're too busy with so many other things, but I think if you get into the world of the children, I come from an era of people, both of you, where the polio drive, we, we had a polio drive when I was young every year, and they had contests at all the cities who could raise the most money uh, for polio, and we broke polio. Um, you know, kids are, I have, I used to be president of the American Cancer Society and I started the Teens Against Cancer in the United States. I, I personally believe children are the stem of the future of, of, uh, of a big voice. I don't think it's been used enough. Absolutely. And I personally, and, and to tell you both, um, uh, when I finally get out and get going here away from where I'm going with some of the stuff I'm doing, um, I believe that all children of the world are perfect both of you. <laughs> if you want to have fun with your children sometime, tell them today. You talk to this lady on a radio show who thinks you're, all children are perfect, and they're going to smile, trust me. <laughs> and I'm sincere. But they're brilliant because they're so open-minded, and they don't think about anything other than what can be done. They do not think about the negative. They want to think about what can be done. And uh, that's the beauty of a child. That's the beauty of of who they are uh, to grow. Can you imagine having children all over the world? Uh, I was a guest speaker at the, um, Duffy, you may know it, embarrassed, um, the Blue Mountain Middle School up and up in New York. Oh, and yeah. last Okay, last spring, and a year ago spring. And um, uh, they wanted me to come in and discuss water. And Duffy, I got on the train there at Grand Central, or uh, wasn't Grand Central, I forget which one it was, Penn. I think it was Grand Central. And I went up with my husband, and we got on the Hudson River on train. And I'm going, oh, my God, Bill, I think I died and went to heaven. We're going along the Hudson to go to here where we're going. Uh, got up there, and Duffy, uh, my whole subject was water. And uh, the staff that t- had me come uh, was going to be an hour assembly, and they thought they had a lot of the principal and everybody come in because they were afraid the kids might get a little restless because it's water, Duffy. 
Duffy, you could have heard a pin fall. I came after the, I said, I'm not standing on stage. I'm standing on the floor. I want an extra mic. I want them to ask questions. They want a half an hour longer. The kids, you could have heard a pinfall. They were so fascinated because I talked to them as people with water. They're walking water. But what are you going to do to do something about this? Because you are your water, and the world is water. What are we going to do to protect the water, of the world? We, know, we need to have moisture in the air. We need to have water on the surface of the earth called fresh water. We have the oceans. And at the end, they were just shocked, at, and, and, and the faculty were shocked, that they were in like a trance. Yeah, I could. I believe it. I believe it. They want to learn. Their their brains are sponges. Oh, you're, I love it, the sponge. But back to uh, some of the things you guys are doing around the world now. You've got a book out called Sea Voices. You're using the fabulous social media to expand that uh, messenger. Um, what are you finding out or some of the number? Let's start number one. The worst thing that's happening to the ocean in Elizabeth is probably... Uh, the fact it's being polluted with garbage. Well, garbage, gar- I mean, garbage in a lot of ways. I mean, you know, over 80% of the m- marine debris is really plastic pollution, but then, you know, the ocean acidification and, and like, the second largest dead zone in the entire world is right here in the United States coming out the mouth of the Mississippi River, and that's because of, um, you know, as you know, t- too many you know, fertilizers and nutrients going into the rivers that end up in, into, the, into the Gulf of Mexico there. And, and there's so many nutrients that there's actually no oxygen in the water and not even one fish could survive in that. And that's why they call it dead zones. And they're having dead zones all over the place and all over the world. And they're increasing, you know, every year. And so that's a major concern of ours also and it's just a a lack of education like don't wash your car at home those toxins go straight into the street which end up in a stream which end up in a river which end up in an ocean so no matter where you live there's things that you know where does a person go to wash their car pardon me where do they go to wash their car you if you go to a a car wash for instance in california that all that reclaimed water goes to a plant first because of the chemical Okay. So that's one thing that everybody can do, and and that's you tell that to kids, and they get that, and they get it. Right. We told kids, our kids, for instance, when they were only three and five years old, you know, after their nanny took them to the McDonald's or whatever. Hey, you know, you really shouldn't get a the if you're going to get a hamburger or French fries, that's your prerogative, but don't mm-hmm. get that Happy Meal with the toy. And the kids look at you like, why well, you play with it for ten minutes, and it ends up in a landfill you know, for a million years or however long it is. Now, and I've been hearing a little bit about that. What's McDonald's? McDonald's is doing something. What are they doing in alternative to that? Um, I think they're getting away from that and wanting the contribution to go to the McDonald kids' recovery. Um, uh, there's a new one out there called Hope. Don't put the toy in. In other words, do something else. Isn't there something going on, Elizabeth? Well, I think the kid, the kid, if you tell the kids that, um, they can take it and donate the, the the toys to somewhere else. They get it. But if you tell them just to refuse it to begin with because it helps save the earth, it's amazing. Even at three and five years old, right? we tell a lot of the kids at our kids' school, mm-hmm. you know, things that they can do like not use straws because it helps save the planet. They get mm-hmm. on board so quickly they get mm-hmm. it. Right. We, we need to give the kids a lot more credit than we do. 
Oh, I agree with you. Well, you just heard what I said earlier. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, if we wanted to ever get a, a, a really exciting, passionate message across, our children are, you know, you're right, about as young as you can get it started. So what are some of the projects you've got going on? Well, there, there's um, one of the um, the people that is in our book is Joanne and, and Fuad Tafilis, and they're in the Art Miles Mural Project, and um, she's worked she worked for the United Nations for about ten years, and she worked with um, Ambassador Anwar Chowdhury, which you would know from being water expert. Um, and they oh, have, who is a water expert? We just study. Oh well, well, <laughs> all of us. I don't care who they are. Fantastic, but. They have a mural project that goes all around the world mm-hmm. in over 150 different countries to bring environmental, they bring um, kids and senior citizens alike together in impoverished nations and, and they'll paint something about, say, the environment or they have four miles specifically on the ocean um, or mm-hmm. about peace or even about cancer. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's mm-hmm. so good to bring communities together to be able to do art and mm-hmm. to share their environmental messages through art, through countries, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. through um, the social media. And you can really go global with an idea so quickly that way. Mm-hmm. Oh, my, yes, yes. Well, it's like, what is malaria? Bad water. That's right. Uh, yes, and, um, and uh, the kids can get together from all walks of life and think about what they can do to make a difference. And and there is a difference. There can be a difference. And, you know, I need to say to both of you, I have a thing about the word experts, Elizabeth. I I believe in there's no such thing as an expert because things change, but we do know what is right and wrong. And we do know what we want to happen to our planet, that we love with passion to live in this universe of of all uh, concern is water, water, water. And if we all get involved in that... The kids can feel like they're doing something for eternity for all generations to come, and the word eternity comes back to vision again. It's it's not, it's it will be it's Earth's secret actually, and I always say this, Elizabeth. Earth has a whisper. Don't say goodbye, and I truly believe it, Elizabeth. If you don't say goodbye, you're going to do what you and Duffy are doing in your family and your book. You're leaving something behind for the rest of the world, to, for everyone to listen. And what will bring uh, people of differences together but the value and love of passion of water? Okay, um, both of you, what are you doing down in, are you very connected to the ocean there in California of try to get people to stop putting garbage in it and take better care of the California ocean? Well, yeah, we, I mean, and again, we started going to um, this, ocean organization called Oceana, um, which is actually based in Washington, D.C., but we are on the um, executive board of this party called Sea Change, um, where we raise money. We actually raised over $800,000 one night in in a night for an event. We had all these celebrities from Harrison Ford to, you know, know, Pierce Brosnan, um, Jeff Bridges, Morgan Freeman, and what happens is we bring all these celebrities together um, in the name to help the ocean, and we started seeing with all these huge people around endorsing the ocean and raising money for this group, um, Bobby Kennedy for the Waterkeeper. We started seeing like we're surrounded by all these people. We thought, you know what, the average person should be able to have access to these things too, and that's why we did the book. And instead of having only the ocean leaders, you know, the Dr. Sylvia Earls and the 
Bob Ballard's and Carl Safina and mm-hmm. people to be able to preach. We didn't, like Duffy was saying earlier, we didn't want to just preach to the choir. So we, we combined a group of people like these celebrities like Daryl Hannah and Ted Danson and Yoko Ono and singers like Jack Johnson and Ziggy Marley and Scarlett Rivera mm-hmm. and G-Love and um, even skateboarders like Pierre Zinazarek and Tony Hawk, and we put them all together. Did you bring any of the young, uh, young celebrities into it? Oh, yeah, like yeah. Isabel Lucas. Uh-huh. I mean, she's in her early 20s from Australia, yeah. gorgeous. She was in the movie The Transformers. She's very yeah. concerned about water yeah. and the ocean. Alexandra Cousteau. We have a girl from um, Alberta, Canada mm-hmm. and named Slater. She's only 17 years old, Slater uh-huh. Kempker. And she's already interviewed people from Leonardo DiCaprio to Bobby Kennedy to, I mean, yeah, make, Just to, to people all okay. over the world talking about tar sands and water. And she's Fabulous. been to, like, the youth yeah. Yeah. summit in Kobe, Japan, and she went to yeah. Copenhagen and Cancun. And See, that's a connection that's so, in the book. that's so powerful. That's so powerful. Uh, um, and I'm embarrassed there's a uh, rapper out there. You might know who he is, and I'm embarrassed because I'm a speechless. I was caught up in what you were saying. That has also uh, decided to get after water and uh, is his priority number one. And it kind of surprised me when I saw that. But without the water, there is no life. And then I dove into the dehydration of the species as a as an individual species of what how much we're dehydrating a day. And my goals for both of you to know are from birth to study that from the moment the baby's born is the dehydration diseases. I've had doctors on here saying if that was being done, we could probably catch those diseases before they got serious and catch them in time. Uh, the uh, blindness and certain diseases that uh, are because of the toxin in the body and we don't have enough water we're not and i hope to gosh you guys are going around saying drink tons of water to uh, eight to ten glasses of water are vital a day uh, vital and then we've gotten into both of you to know real quick um, with the scientists and different ones from harvard in different directions eating proper foods uh, the right vegetables dark greens and so we got if we once people learn to think about drinking eight to ten glasses of water for life and not it was tea and other juice, but water, and then start drink, eating the dark green vegetables like broccoli and arugula and pra, da da. All of a sudden, the person, both of you, becomes nature to themselves. And once they find the nature to themselves to be healthy, all of a sudden they're going to look around what's going to make the world healthy. Right. It no, you're right. A, yeah, it's a contagious part of vulnerability. Is don't get involved in anything unless it's healthy for you. Um, it, it's, uh, then all of a sudden. Can you imagine the future of our young generations to come uh, to be concerned about being healthy? Well, if they want to be healthy, they're going to look around them to make sure other things, other uh, species, life and earth, the water of life and the soil is going to be healthy for other generations to come. We only have a couple of minutes left. Um, Duffy, would you like to tell us, and then Elizabeth can tell us what some of your goals are uh, here coming up in the next couple of months? Um, God. We have, um, there's so much, there's really like so many, so much, so much to do in so little time, but you just chip away every day. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said earlier, you know, water is life. And um, one thing that sticks to me too is, just, you know, if the ocean dies, we die. So I, I see myself a little bit more focused on the ocean and its critters and the creatures that live in it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a balance. Mm-hmm. And um, I just 
you know, all I could do is just keep promoting uh, ocean conservation and telling my Maybe. friends, you know, if you're going to eat fish, make sure it's the right fish to eat. Mm-hmm. Um, so well, it, we have about a half a minute left. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, Elizabeth, um, what do you? Uh, you're probably in on all that too, of course. Uh, well, both of you are together, um, and you're doing uh, what? Uh, what are you doing? Anything with freshwater at all, and combined with the ocean to get people thinking about the freshwater as they're learning more about the ocean? Well, yeah, absolutely. Like I said, Alexander Cousteau just did the whole thing, and yeah. and um, we're we're working with. Um, uh, Dr. Bill Cooper on this thing called Water Innovation Now at UC mm-hmm. Irvine, and it's all about watersheds and conserving water and having clean water globally. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's our greatest concern is water. Well, thank you both very much, and I, 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 we're part of a group here of people on this globe trying to get smarter, and the more we learn, the more it will be contagious, and, I, and I'm back to those children again. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you both have a very special day. You too. Thank you so much. And you be well, both of you. And give those kids a hug for me, your kids. Uh, thank you. Okay. You have a nice day. You do. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Well, I told you that on this show we always have world classic guests. And, but all you heard that they are giving their lives to what I call a classic time. And we all can be concerned about the environment, and we can do this together. And let's be sure and tell all the children of the world we need them to join in. We're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, the only method of naturally moisturizing the eye with 100% water with just a mist. And then we're going to come back with Marcella Kleiner. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to talk. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to Sharon Kleina Hour at Yahoo.com. That's Sharon Kleina Hour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Mariella, are you with us? Yes, I'm here. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for joining us, and I could hardly wait to talk with you today about Einstein. But am I going to pronounce your name correctly? Is it Mariella? Yes, it is. That's right. Okay. And Kleiner? That's right. Okay. Tell us how you got involved with the Einstein book. Well, um, a few years ago, uh, I'm a full-time mom. I have two kids. Um, My daughter, who's now five, a few years ago when she was two and a half, um, 
she picked out a book to read for her bedtime story, and she ended up picking out my husband's copy of Einstein's Relativity book. Oh, I ha- in fact, I have it right in front of me because I knew. Oh, you do you do? Yes, I do. <laughs> well, um, she picked she it out and gave it with Einstein's picture on the front. He looks like he might know something. <laughs> yeah. Well, she was really drawn to that book, and and she handed mm-hmm. it to my husband for him to read to her. And he's like, no, 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 this is not a kid's book. It's a a grown-up book. And uh, he really, he was trying to reason with a two-year-old that really um, didn't really work for him. And he probably felt very funny. He said, what if she grows up and she wants to do this again and she gets old enough to know if he knows the book or not? Oh, right. (laughs) So they went back and forth. She insisted on reading the book, and he kept saying that, no, it's not for her. And and I finally said to her, oh, just read it to her because she wants to read it. So he gave me a crazy look and and then uh, sat down with her and opened up the book and he had no idea what to say. So I kind of <laughs> stepped in and, and said, well, this is a story, a book about Albert Einstein. And I realized that didn't mean anything to her, of course. She'd never heard of him. So I said, well, he's a scientist. <laughs> and then I realized she'd never even heard of the word scientist before. Uh-huh. So um, then I went into explaining what a scientist does and explain some things about How light and gravity. I have to ask this. How do you tell a two-year-old? <laughs> Were you doing some pantomiming? Or <laughs> oh, I was just completely out of the top of my mind. <laughs> it was, uh, but it was, it was quite a challenge to... To tell her, uh, explain all this stuff to her in that okay, in now a we're, basic we're, level. We're telling her about Einstein. Then you you, you decided, I think I'm going to write a children's book to understand Einstein and our history and what this means to the future of generations. So, how did you approach the book to do this? What uh, what did you do? What's your what was your uh, outline to the book? Well, my outline was, first of all, introducing, you know, it's, it really struck me, because my, my husband's actually a scientist, so it really oh. struck me. <laughs> okay, I'm glad you never, told us. <laughs> yeah, she had never even heard of the word scientist before. Yeah, we, your daddy is a scientist. Yeah, and, well, we never really talked about it in that sense, uh-huh. um, so, and what that meant. So I think that my outline started out with explaining what a scientist does, what, it, what, it, what does that mean? And um, Okay, real quickly, uh, yeah. in case children listen to this, what is a scientist? <laughs> a scientist <laughs> is somebody that is curious about the world and asks lots of questions. They study and never, the earth. And, and never satisfied. That's right. They study <laughs> the earth and the sky, animals, and nothing, our nothing bodies. Is, nothing is boring. No, no. They just study everything around them and, and try to learn learn about those things exactly. even more. And um and I think so that's something that Einstein kids can relate theory. to. So you went after the Einstein theory, which I totally believe in, by the way. And it's not corny because he he probably was the father of introducing to the world there is no such thing as a straight arrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, in other words, there's flexibility to everything and differences. So your, phase, your approach to the book outline, how are you going to tell children this? Um, well, by, by telling them that that science is all around them, and it's not a specific definition. Mm-hmm. I think that's what the book kind of guides them to to, to see the world in a slightly different way, and um, to there's there's not just a straight line for, you know, you can become a scientist if this is what you like to do. It's kind of the opposite. It's really mm-hmm. like you can just explore the world, and as you're going, you have this great opportunity to study things and learn about them more. 
and and in the process you can become a scientist, which is something really fun. And mm-hmm. I think that's the the point of the book is is showing the science can be fun, and making it accessible and and making them see themselves as a scientist and maybe not just oh I want to be a superhero when I grow up, but maybe I want to be a scientist when I grow oh, up. And you know the other approach to it, I wonder uh, uh, to uh, here, Mariela is the fact that children, when they can learn not to be so fascinated, that they don't try to criticize somebody else's fascination that might not agree. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, when I'm around uh, scientists of the world and different people of the world, if, if young people and all people can learn, we can have our differences. We may not agree, but Mariella, have you ever left a situation to where you didn't agree at the moment, but later sometime along the way or in your life, you all of a sudden agreed with what they, with something you'd learned from long ago? Sure. And scientists or individuals that like to study and be intrigued and fascinated, don't you think that maybe the algorithm of the Internet today, can you imagine our scientists of the future, maybe because of the curiosity that that adventure sitting at that keyboard is offering. Yeah, I think I think it opens up a whole world of, of learning, and I, I think if we just stay with with what we know and not really try to grow and learn, and even from from everybody around us as well as the world, the internet, all the information we have that's accessible to us, mm-hmm. then. Um, that's the opposite of being a scientist, <laughs> whatever that word would be. <laughs> well, what, when you were, I think all scientists and your husband, what type of science is your husband in? Well, he studied um, chemistry, and he actually taught chemistry and physics. Okay. Okay. Well, he probably will tell you every time they look at the Petri dish and every description of word they use, there's a, there's a moment of change. Mm-hmm. There's a growth, and sometimes things stay one way, can stay one way, but there's other changes going on, and and your book to the children to give them a guidance of of, of wanting to be intrigued by yeah. what you said in the book. Now, what did you do in the book? To uh, What do you say to a child to intrigue them? Uh, what, what what choice of words did you use to intrigue them to want to learn more in that book? Or um, the, reader, well, the reader reading it to them want to, so the children have more intrigue and, and be curious and adventure because the book said something. Yeah, well, I think the book is meant to be a stepping stone. It's meant mm-hmm. to be... Um, and I learned this as I was reading it to my daughter. Every time we read it, it turned into a different reading of the book mm-hmm. because it, it opens up all kinds of different conversations mm-hmm. and uh, questions. And if you just let the, the kids take the lead on that and and then grab something interesting from the book that mm-hmm. is, is neat to them at that point and let them ask questions about it and start a conversation about that, then the next time they read it, they'll want to talk about a different aspect of the book. I think... The the book just makes it really um, lively and fun and just something that they can see themselves doing. What was your favorite part of your book? Uh, just, I, I believe, well, I have two favorite parts. One of them is uh, teaching the kids about gravity. Okay. I, I think that's something that... Um, and most, what did you say about gravity for our audience to hear? Well, just explaining is when things fall down to the floor. Mm-hmm. And I explain it by showing a lot of examples that kids can relate. Mm-hmm. Can relate to, and and then I show them that it goes beyond just falling objects; that it applies to everywhere, mm-hmm. um, even the moon and the and the, the sky up at night. And I think it just makes them feel like it's really this, this 
force that's everywhere, that's all around them, and they can't see it. But by the end of the book, they actually know it's there, and they can really grasp that concept. So did you compare it to how a plane might fly to the fact that you can throw a ball up in the air and it comes down? And Yeah, and... I, give, I give specific examples, like jumping. When you jump high up in the okay. air, you always come back down to the ground, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. Yes. And the kids kind of get it after yeah, that. And why is that? Because of gravity. Right. And um, actually, I, I was, even myself, I was skeptical that my, my daughter, when I first introduced her to the, the book, uh, would really be able to take this concept and apply it to other things. But it went. she went weeks without even mentioning it. And then one day, she was laying on the floor with her feet up kind of on the wall. Now, how old is she by this time? Uh, she was about three, three and a half. Okay. And she put her feet up on the wall, and, and she was kind of walking on the wall a little bit. I was like, well, watch uh-huh. out. You're going to walk all the way up to the ceiling. And she's like, Mom, I can't do that. Like, duh, right? Uh-huh. And I was like, why not? Because of gravity. Oh, you went. <laughs> I was like, that's it. I'm done. That's, that's exactly That's it. You know, it's, it's applying that oh. concept uh-huh. in different ways, in a way that be, goes beyond the book. Now, Marella, how many children do you and your husband have? Um, actually, we have two, and we have a, a third on the way right now. Ah. Now, how old are the two? Uh, five and three. Five and three. So your five-year-old, is the five-year-old as intrigued as the three-year-old? Uh, yeah, both. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, fun. Yeah, so I have two preschoolers, so which is really the um, key, the key audience for this book. Um, <laughs> I like that. Yeah. yeah, love it. And then actually, my my other favorite part of the book is the end sheets, which are the beginning and end of the book, um, right by the cover. Mm-hmm. And those I put um, a whole bunch of science tools that scientists uses, and I explain what each of them do mm-hmm. in a way that keeps kids can understand, like a Petri dish, I have their microscopes, telescopes, even, you know, backpacks to carry snacks and rain boots to keep their, their feet um, clean when they go out exploring, just kind of bringing science to their level mm-hmm. and with things that they're like, oh, wow, I have those at home. You now mean that's a science add the tool? Water. That's really it's cool. Water. Maybe I'm a scientist too. <laughs> uh-huh. Right. Oh, that is exciting uh, because... Uh, uh, you, I don't know if you heard uh, my farm, earlier show with Duffy and Elizabeth Healy on the oceans, and and I was telling them, Mariela, that, Mariela, that that the children of the world are just hungry. Don't forget the children, and start with all the children because they're the ones who are going to make all these excitement of exploration possible. I think some of the adults, I call them big people, but they get so caught up in so many distractions mm-hmm. of so many different directions that they're not focusing anymore. Yeah. They need discipline of what? And we don't want our children to get so off track. They've got to stay on track. Um, yeah. And, of course, my, my whole field and world is studying water. And so my world is what are we going to do to save lives because of dehydration disease caused because of toxin and water deficit of the body and life and diseases. So who could help us more than children wanting to drink eight to ten glasses of water a day and children eating the proper food? And Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden, everything they look around them, everything becomes wanting to be healthy, of course. And they'll have that intrigue like you're doing with your Meet Einstein, uh, the book for children. Have you have any more books on ready uh, that you're working on? Um, I have some that I, I, I'm thinking about for the uh-huh. future. Can you share those thinking? 
Um, not yet, but I, oh, I no. mean, I would love to explore, because <laughs> um, I'm going in a lot of different directions right now, but I would love okay. to explore, um, you know, bringing, introducing kids um, to a, a different subject through um, amazing people in our history, such as mm-hmm. introducing science through Einstein or mm-hmm. introducing space through uh, a famous astronaut like Neil Armstrong or um, even all different kinds of things like cooking with Julia Child. That would be really great because my kids love to cook and I know kids really love to be involved in that. And Well, one thing you might do, there's something that I might help you with that the scientists out there from all over the world are mm-hmm. studying uh, nutrition. They're finding that uh, if, if we all start eating the right food, that you might be able to start curing and diminishing many of our diseases. Uh, yes, you have to drink 8 to 10 glasses of plain water a day, but proper eating is very important to your eyes. What is the eyes if they're affected by toxin? What is dehydration? Not enough moisture to detoxify. And eating uh, the dark greens, like uh, the vegetables, and growing them in your home throughout the year and outside in these seasons. Uh, um, we've had some very exciting people on here discussing Mm-hmm. that diseases can be maybe solved or put in remission because of when the children learn to eat fresh. Uh, Walmart is wanting to start a new uh, direction of getting closer to the farmers, not bringing the food from, from so far. Mm-hmm. And children, when they start thinking about getting closer to their food, and, and I was just a guest with a YMCA and and health fair. I'm a founder of Save a Child's Life Foundation to recognize melanoma and other dehydration diseases. But uh, we, I would touch the person, Marella, and I on their skin, and I'd say, "Did you know your? Do you know what water is?" And they'd look at me, yes. And I'd say, "Well, did you know your water?" And then we ended up talking about all that with the parents. And then I went into the food, and the parents got so excited because the children were starting to think, get excited with me standing there about arugula and 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 spinach and kale and and broccoli and carrots and chard and uh, fresh food and eating them with spraying uh, lemon juice on it or oil and and uh, putting some um, sunflower seeds on it and getting them eating that for a snack and get away from sugar. Get away mm-hmm. from the sugar. And that's what scientists said, too. We've got one minute left. How would, what would you like to do to leave our audience with what you think all children should be coming to meet Einstein and what do you think that excitement would be? Uh, help them to ex- uh, learn about the world and get them excited about exploring it and, and learning more about it by introducing them to science. That, the earlier the better that you introduce them to science. And now how do they go to your website? And uh, you can go to meeteinstein.com and the book is also on Amazon at, at uh, Barnes & Noble near you. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. You give your children a hug. Definitely. And you keep up the good work. It's a very special time of life for you, I know. Oh, thank you so much. You have a nice day and be well. You too. Bye. Well, I've said uh, that our guest is what makes the show. And today we've had uh, Duffy and Elizabeth Healy talking about sea voices and protecting the oceans and what life is in the ocean. There's a documentary out there called Oceans and in that documentary called Ocean. Look it up, and I'll put it on my website here this week. It is unbelievable what we need to learn more about the ocean. Then we started learning more about what Mariella said, Kleiner, about her book, Meet Einstein. I'm a true believer that all children are perfect, 
And we need to learn more about how do we reach out to the children with the facts and let them learn to be adventurous about learning. And her book called Einstein is Einstein believed there's a theory of there's no such thing as a straight arrow. And follow me for a second. If you were going to shoot a bow and arrow, it depends upon the air, the humidity, the, the climate, everything about where you're standing, what well, you, your gravity, everything about you. So if it's not going to be straight every time, it will never be straight every time. It's all going to depend upon everything together, everything. The climate, the air, the humidity, you, your gravity, and more. There's always a flexibility to uh, uh, what, what it might go anywhere near straight. What we have to learn is focus, be disciplined with your focus, and think about theory. Adventure into analysis. It's exciting. Well, I want to thank you for listening today. Earth has a secret. Embrace your life is your passion, I hope, and turn to somebody else and embrace them. But Earth whispers, never say goodbye because you're going to leave something special behind. We're going to learn a lot together. I want to thank you for listening and be well. Thank you for listening. Join us next week for another edition of the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember to visit Sharon's website at SharonKleinaHour.com. 